Let's hit it. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, everybody. I'm thrilled you're here, and I hope you enjoyed our opening music. It's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, featuring Maya Dora, and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We want to talk with real people who are living and breathing the depths of dementia. And that means from little kids to those living with the disease, to family members, to businesses, authors, musicians, uh, movie directors, researchers, advocates, and more. So maybe you can be our next guest. Just reach out to me at Lori, L-O-R-I, at alzheimerspeaks.com. And of course, I have to thank you, our audience members. Your likes, your clicks, and shares have really spread the word of our show. And again, I so So appreciate your help with that. Now, we've been doing this for, gosh, about 10 years. So we have lots and lots of shows in our archive if you are interested. And today, we are going to be talking about the power of music with somebody way over in the Netherlands. And I will introduce him to you shortly. But I always like to give a couple of shout outs to organizations. And um, one of them is the Memory Cafe directory. There are now over 100 virtual cafes, which means they don't have to be in your backyard anymore. Anybody can participate anywhere around the world. I happen to facilitate three of them. Uh, Arthur's Senior Living, uh, we do two a month on the second and fourth Wednesday at one o'clock. And then Artist Senior Living of Woodbury Uh, We do one on the third Wednesday at one o'clock. And if you're interested in either of those, please reach out to me on that. I'd be glad to get you information. In addition, I have to shout out to Dementia Map, which we just launched myself and Dave Wiedrich, who is the founder of the Memory Cafe. And this is a resource directory for all things dementia. It's free to use. We don't ask for you to subscribe or any personal information. And those with resources can join. There's a free listing or there are two paid options for those that want a little bit more branding and to be able to market their events as well. So check out DementiaMap.com and please share that with others. Need to give a shout out to Coral Health because they are allowing people to download two of their music apps. One is Music First, the other is Coral Faith for free. So go to CoralHealth.com, that's C-O-R-O Health.com. And last, we're going to hear from the Foot Bar Walker. And we'll be right back. 
Introducing the life-changing Foot Bar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Foot Bar Walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both, and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle? to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Foot Bar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Foot Bar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Foot Bar Walker. It's time to introduce you to our guest. Ignar Rip has cared for his mother with Alzheimer's for 10 years. And from his experience, he wrote Ignar's Dementia Guide, which is a short and practical roadmap to make dementia care just a bit easier for both the care partner as well as the person living with dementia. So everyone's health and well-being can be improved. So welcome, Ignar. I'm so excited to have you join us today. Why don't you first tell people uh, where you're from and um, a little about your experience in caring for your mom? Like, when did she have it and how was that for you? Hello, uh, Lori, and thank you for asking me on the show. And hello, all the lovely uh, watchers in America. It's really nice to be here. Um, well, I'm Ignar, Ignar Rip, uh, from Holland, the Netherlands, a little, little country <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> and, um, well, I have not worked in the care. I'm not a music specialist. Uh, I only have uh, taken care for my mother for more than 10 years. And she has Alzheimer. And we have intuitively uh, integrated her music into our care. And when we, when, uh, when we did interviewed by a book over Alzheimer, people told me, wow, that is something special we have done. And well, that is the start of it. And now I train uh, caregivers, uh, nurses. Um, I do that here in Holland, in Belgium, and also in England. And now a little sideway to Laurie LeBay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we're excited to have you on. I'm, I'm a deep believer in music. My mom loved music and my own mom had dementia for 30 years. And so it was quite the journey and anything to be able to bring her joy. But that music was a was a huge, huge trigger. So from your perspective, um, what gives music, you know, um, what is what is the gift of music to a person with Alzheimer's or dementia? What do they get out of it? Um, the gift of music is a double-edged sword. Uh, it gives very much to the person with Alzheimer, but it also lessens the care burden of the caregivers. And those two are very important, very important. And what I find wonderful is your show is Alzheimer Speaks. That is the title. And that is one of the most important thing. The person with dementia or Alzheimer is your care guide. 
So that is that is what I find so wonderful at first when I hear about you, Fia uh, Gerd. But what gets the person with Alzheimer from music? With the right music, you create feelings of safety, of home, security. And that is one of the most wonderful gifts you can give to a person who must nearly lose everything. That's really true. It's... Um... I had created on my journey with my mom, something called your memory chip, which focused on was she safe? Was she happy? Was she pain free? And, and basically, you know, you've taken music and two out of those three, you know, um, you've incorporated into seeing the power of music and it's so simple. And yet um, it's, I think it's still to this day underused and, and under understood as to the impact that it has um, most of us use music in our life and it's just, you know, we kind of take it for granted. It's background noise. We pop it on in the car. We walk in the house, we turn it on, but we really don't think about why we're doing that. And we're doing it because we like it. It gives us comfort. And so to take that away from somebody with dementia, you know, is, is really kind of uh, senseless and, um, and so I would love to see that incorporated so much more. Um, I also liked when you touched on, you know, the impact it has on, on a care partner, because it does. And granted, it's got to be the right music, you know, to lift our spirits and things. But I, I don't know about you, but for me, um, Ignar, I found if my mom was peaceful and joyful, it was much easier for me to go there too. And to let go of all the things I can't control. And so, again, sometimes I think as cares, we, we're so busy being busy and doing things um, and, and trying to control something that's not controllable instead of focusing on things that we can do to really make life so, so much easier. For yourself, what do you get out of music personally? Uh, in my own life, you mean? Yeah, okay. Uh, I love music very much and I use it. Uh, I love cycling here. You know, everybody in Holland is cycling. <laughs> Maybe you know that, but uh, doing my cycling, I have music on it and I enjoy it very much. Uh, I also use it when I'm very stressed to become calm, uh, taking my rest. And I'm a bad sleeper and uh, on my phone, I put on via Spotify fireplace in the winter on and with that sound i feel more comfortable and falling asleep yeah i have the ocean waves in the background for me when, when okay. I go to sleep. <laughs> so, so i totally i totally get that but it does it it blocks out the busyness of my head and it gives me something else to focus on because i could be cycling through my to-do list or what i shouldn't have done or how i should have done something different or better um, and beat myself up instead of letting my mind rest and so again you know that works for us that can work for a person with dementia real easily um, even when, you know, we think they can't communicate, they're still communicating with us. We just have to look for different signs as things progress. We have to look for all those nonverbals instead of, hey, hey, Ignar, I really like that music. You know, maybe they can't say that anymore, but, but you can see it in their facial expressions or maybe their body starts swaying or, 
you know, they start, you know, snapping their fingers or tapping their toes or whatever it might be. I think as care partners, we don't always see that if we don't slow down. That's absolutely right. It's for everybody. It's also that if you slow down, if you stand still, you see and hear and feel more. Uh, but the most important thing is what you sell, what you say yourself. We take music as granted. We can turn it on. We can turn it off. We love it. We use it uh, unconsciously as a great help, but we don't think about it. And it's very stupid at the moment that we get ill, uh, get Alzheimer or Parkinson, the music disappears. And just at that moment, we need the music so much, really. Uh, my father is still saying, my mother is dead for nearly, I think, six years. And today my father is still saying that he said, without the music, we could not take care of my mother at home. So and that is what I really believe if caretakers integrate the right music on the right uh, with the right uh, playlist you create a care support that makes the difference staying at home or going to a care home mm -hmm. but when you have when you're really good integrate the music into your daily care you can create two hours of free or leisure time for a caretaker and you know how much that means yeah and and a lot of times we're not good at taking that time when it's available or sometimes even noticing that we can sneak away because we we think we have to be there all the time but yes. when we think back and if we look at ourselves because i i personally think whatever you know what's good for dementia is good for all the world you know if we if we just kind of break through and accept that in and of itself will be will le be leaps and bounds ahead. But, you know, how many times do we just maybe sit on the couch and just relax, maybe just daydream and listen to music, or maybe we're doing a little bit of work, but we're, we're comfortable. And a person with dementia can do that same thing. Maybe they're looking out the window, or maybe they're sitting outside listening to the birds with the background music on, and they're totally comfortable. They're relaxed. Um, you know, we can take advantage of that, their comfort time to know that, you know, maybe we can take a nap, maybe we can go pay the bills, maybe we can do the laundry, maybe we can read a book, or get on the phone and talk to a friend or whatever it might be. Um, but we have to be brave enough to step out of that space. And again, it's not that you want to neglect or forget that they're there at all, you know, because somebody could wander off, but um, really in a safe means, we could leverage that, I think, much better than what most of us do um, in a period of time. Now, you, you touched on the right music. How do you pick the right music? Because what I like and you like and, and maybe our parents like are, it can be all different. So how mm -hmm. do you find the right music? Well, that is um, the most, uh, the first thing you have to do is the most easy way is you pick the music the person with dementia has heard between his 50 and 25 years. Mm -hmm. And that is magic music uh, because this music is so deeply, so, so very deeply rooted in our brain that even Alzheimer 
cannot destroy these memories. And the magic of this music is that it activates the memories which are attached to it. So this is really, it is easy. You have to know when the person has born, you uh, count the, day, the years and you go looking for that. And please listen very carefully. I say the people has heard the music. I don't say the music you like, the music you have bought, no, the music you have heard. That is the music between your 50 and 25 years. And I would ask, and maybe I, I ask you, Lori, would you make for yourself a 50-25 playlist? And I ask it all the people who are watching now, Make your own 50-25 playlist. And don't do that from your top of your head. Uh, not, oh, that song, no. Go to Spotify or YouTube. Go looking for the charts in those years. But also think what kind of music your parents played or your grandparents. Or what music did you hear at school uh, but your brothers, sisters, at church, TV, radio, all those music. And every music, every song you hear, and that's connect with you, put it in a separate playlist. You know, that is really interesting because most people, I think, approach it by what do you like? And if you ask me, I, I am like the world's worst at trivia. <laughs> You asked me what song I like. I can't tell you a title. I can't tell you barely a name of a band. I just know if I like it, if I hear it. I, I can tell you if it's going to be a hit or not. I mean, I just, I have an ear for that, but I don't have a memory. I never have for any of that. Mm -hmm. So for me, what I did was, you know, on TV, they have these commercials for the 70s music. And I just, I bought all the, all the tracks and I love it. And I, it's like, oh, I, I forgot about that song, you know, and but you're, you're very much so right in terms of it's not what we identify with what we like, because you can't even store all that because there's so much in terms of music. And there's so and I love that you said um, in, you know, what did your parents play and, you know, what was going on in church? What was the family? Because all of those are they create that atmosphere of home. And I think one thing, too, that people don't understand with music is music is tied to events, but even more heavily, it's tied to an emotion of that event. And so, this, this, this music is not is not your taste. This music is is real uh, emotion. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. the songs you don't like, bringing back feelings that you love. Exactly, and there are songs that can trigger sadness. You know, um, there, you know, there, there are songs like that that you have to be um, aware of. And sometimes you're not aware of them until you hear them and you see the reaction. And then you just pull that from somebody's playlist and go, you know, for whatever. And you might be able to figure out what caused that pain and other times not. You just know this isn't going to lift them up. So, so let's get rid of that one. And it makes sense there. With uh, and it's not, um, of course, our life is not always uh, happy. We have our ups and downs also. And uh, everybody with Alzheimer's is just like you and me. 
So, but also if you see it's somebody started to cry first, it doesn't have to, have to be sadness. It could be uh, emotion, but also uh, if it was sad, you can uh, bring back to memories and you can also, oh, wow. Now the English word, um, you can make it true and you can accept things. Yeah, validate. So validate. Vali yes, that is the word I suggest. You can, with this music, you can do a little bit validation, uh, like the validation of Naomi Fowl. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it might be sad. It might be sadness where someone's crying, but it might be somebody that they were in love with and they miss, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, it can be all kinds of things. And and that isn't a, a, a tragic necessarily event. It's a beautiful time that, you know, they just long for. And so again, validating that I think is, is a really, really wise thing to do. I would say, you know, you had mentioned um, kind of the, the ages 25 to 50. For me, I would even go back to high school because high school for me was a really powerful time. So I would go back to maybe even, you know, 16, 17 years old um, on up, but everyone's a little bit different. You're still going to get, even if you do the 25 to 50, you're still going to be in a similar playlist in terms of, in terms of sounds and things. Um, the, the other thing I know what, like with my mom, she loved the song, you are my sunshine and um, this little light of mine. And so, you know, those things, when we were real little, those little kind of lullabies and songs we were sung, uh, sung to as a child, I think are really important too. And sometimes people forget about those. Mm. Um, and I don't know what your thought is, but I've had people go, oh, that's childish. And it's like, no, that's comforting. That's comforting. So uh, if you see a, a song, a music is comforting, is recognizing with everything, you can break through the dementia haze of the folk and you can make contact with the person. Please remember, and you know that, Laurie, that it, is, uh, it becomes difficult and difficult to make contact with the person. With music, music has the power to connect right through the dementia haze with that person. Yeah, and that's the most wonderful thing that you can do. So if it is childish, if it is it's this Bach or Mozart, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know if you did this with your mom, but we would dance a lot. So when my mom was mobile, we would physically dance. You know, when she was in a wheelchair, you know, I danced with the wheelchair. And when that motion got a little bit too much, you know, we would arm dance. We would just, you know, mm -hmm. swing to the music with our arms. And then, you know, at the very end, it would just be kind of a, a pinky dance or a finger dance. But it was this, it was still just this, I can't even, it was just this powerful connection as minute as it might seem. And as silly as some people, I think, look at it, go, what are they doing over there? I mean, it, it's a very intimate, you know, in terms of still being able to be connected and feel that joy um, and, and so I, I think people have to reframe things instead of judging things from the get-go in terms of in terms of what's what. Absolutely, you are absolutely right. And and most people who are visiting uh, people in a care home doesn't know what to say or what to do. Mm -hmm. So and that is here and so also in Holland I hear that from the nurses. Well, uh, well, visitors are very small. Uh, don't 
stay very long. But if you go looking for the 5025 music, one, you have something to do. Two, you have the songs that brings back the person alive. And if you are happy, you get conversation piece. Exactly. And there is, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, there is a film called Alive Inside, or you can go to YouTube and see bits and pieces. And, you know, it's, it's everybody. It's not just a person with dementia that, that pops up who, you know, has been almost uh, catatonic, um, but it is people with post-traumatic stress, with schizophrenia. I mean, all, all different types of people in music just ignite something um, in not only in our soul but in our in our brain you sent me a piece about the swan dance why don't you talk about the swan dance because that is such a powerful powerful video I love that one yeah that is uh, it isn't it wasn't uh, it was a Spain that they have taken this video it was a very old lady with Alzheimer and through the music, they, uh, they come to know that she was a ballet dancer. And when she hear the music, all the memories of her, uh, of her uh, the moves, gets back. And that is exactly what you can do with the right music. You connect, but you give also something back to person, uh, memories, stories, even um, motoris, uh, motoric can come back. So you, yeah. at that moment, you are again for a while yourself. Well, you see her, I mean, you just see the expression in her face as she's, you know, doing her movements. And it's just, I mean, it just brings tears to your eyes because it's yeah. just, and she's sitting there in her wheelchair and then, you know, at the end, she just kind of bows over like she's done, but she's just, uh, she is, her soul is so filled. I, I, it's almost impossible not to see that. And it was just like, wow, that is absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Now, have you done any research in terms of what music does to the brain? Because there is definitely some, some connection there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there are thousands, thousands of research that proves what music does with the brain and it works. Uh, if you want to know more, I always advise read the book um, Musicophilia of Oliver Sacks. For me, that is the Bible. It works. But it's still, and that you say yourself, people don't use it. Don't make use of it. And uh, we talk about the benefits for music for the person with Alzheimer's, but the benefits for the caregiver or the nurses, they are so big. So if you use the right music and you make the right playlist, uh, all care activities run easier. You have lesser unrest, lesser aggression, most important, you can break the cycle of repetitive questions. And I really, that is, that's really something. You can bring back joy and happiness in the house. You have contact, conversation piece. And please don't underestimate conversation piece. If you every morning have to shower and you don't know what to talk about, 
you can make it so much nicer for both of you. And of course, you can create two hours of free time for the caregiver. Yeah, it's, um, it is so powerful. It is, it, you know, I wish that the doctors would be able to write a prescription yeah, that would be nice, yeah. for music, you know, with an iPad or, or an iPod, um, you know, in a playlist. It's so sad. We're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on prescription drugs that many don't have near the effect that music does. And, okay. and yet it's free. And yet for so many, it's an unknown factor in terms of, you know, the usage and, you know, I was doing a, a video the other day with, um, I do this thing called Dementia Chats, where I have a conversation with people with dementia. And we were talking about arts and music. And uh, somebody mentioned the power of music. And one woman said, oh, I have too much music um, in my house. I, I have no, I, I, I just, it, it's, it's loud. I don't, I just don't want any music. She's like, we've always, we always have so much. And by the end of the conversation, she was like, oh my gosh, I have to go make myself a playlist. You know, she said, you guys got me thinking of this in a whole different light. And she says, I loved music. She's like, I don't know what turned me against it or feeling like I didn't need it. And, you know, I talked with her afterwards and she was just, she's like, oh, it, this has just been so helpful. Same with art. She really, she does, um, jewelry and things but she hadn't really painted and she started painting and she's like oh my gosh I've never been a painter but but I can paint I'm proud of this and you know so it, it's try it I mean you have nothing to lose it costs nothing um, it's readily accessible and uh, the the helpfulness to everybody you know and the resolve and just bringing calm to some something that isn't always a calm situation is a huge huge factor even um, having music accessible for police officers or firefighters or emergency responders, um, you know, and I know with Norm's McNamara, he's he's gotten them finally in the, the um, iPods in the ambulance and things for people, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. But we really need to tap into that more because when people are frustrated or when they're scared, you know, it can bring it can bring some calmness and when things are calm, we can resolve things easier. You know, we're not escalating one another, which is so, so easy to do with all of this stuff. Um, when do you think you should start using music with, with a person with uh, Alzheimer's or another form of dementia? At the moment, at the moment you know that there is dementia or Alzheimer's, please start. Please start at that moment. And um, why am I saying this? Because... And please start with the 50-25 music. Go sit down together with your partner, with your father, mother, whatever, who is it is, and play the music. Play the music from those years. And listen. Listen to the stories that comes up. Listen carefully with your heart and with your, with your mind, with everything that you have. Because if somebody tells, whoa, yes, I know, I was dancing there in New York. Well, you were down New York. And maybe later on, about a few years, and the person doesn't know anything there, you can put a picture from New York or music that is connected with New York or the sounds of New York. Or somebody say, well, I was at that time, I was in Paris. 
So you write on Paris. Think about French food, uh, think about French music, uh, think about uh, the Eiffel Tower. In those stories, you found care gold. With this information, you can make the care really personalized. And that is what I, I coming back again, Alzheimer speaks. Here speaks the person. The person is telling you memories who are connected to that song. So in later years, you can bring them back again and you can use everything with it. Yeah, it makes it, yeah, you're right. It makes it so much easier to reminisce when you have all, all those little pieces that help trigger. So if it's pitcher, if it's uh, the smell of food, if it's, uh, you know, aromatherapy, um, the sound of music. Now you have actually written a guide called Inger's Dementia Guide. Why don't you tell people about that? Okay, yes. Um, that was what I've done for, uh, for England. Uh, my Dementia Guide uh, has two rules and three tools. Quite simple. And we have talked about it. Rule one, the person with dementia is your care guide. If you don't do that, it doesn't work. Not for you, for, the, for nobody. So and that's Alzheimer's speaks. The person. Rule two, everything you do for a person with dementia is coming back to you. Always. If you don't lose your temper, uh, your day will be better. And if you lose your temper, you feel always guilty about it. If you do a little thing, if you think, oh, uh, maybe you think that the person likes to get up early in the morning. Uh, but every day he's cranky and very rude about it. And maybe he likes to sleep out. So it's so a really little thing okay, really helps you. It comes back. And the three tools are you, me, ourselves. And that is the biggest, biggest care tool there is. Because yeah. uh, it, it is in a whole life, of course, but especially with people with Alzheimer, uh, the, 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 the feelings inside becoming more and more powerful the more people are losing in the dementia. So people feeling intuitive if you are in a hurry, if you're angry. I, I know in my trainings that it is always the same nurses who had to deal with aggression and also, also the same nurses will never have problems. Of course, the music. And then again, the surrounding. And the surrounding is if, if you... If you lost, you're, you're going back in time and you don't recognize your own home here anymore. So look where the person is. Is he going back to, uh, to the, the home where he was born or maybe his first home he bought with his wife or partner? Try to make photos of it, hang them or little things. They are like lighthouses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that I, I like that because, you know, the, the me and them and us, you know, all that together. I mean, it just gets back to the core of the relationship. And so often I think people um, let go of their core relationships to be task oriented, to be more of this, 
you know, overseer of everything. And it's not, um, it's not viewed as a reciprocal relationship where there's this give and take and you're, you're correct. Whatever you give, you get back tenfold, just like when you volunteer, you know, people say the biggest gift of that is what they receive. And there is still so much to receive from a person with dementia. If we allow that to happen, if we're open to receiving, but terms like caregiver, you know, um, set up, set up the premise that I'm giving it all away, that there's nothing to give back to me. But when you are a care partner or a care, a care companion, now you're a team. And, and that alone, yeah, evens it out and, and makes it just a, a beautiful, beautiful relationship. Um, the other thing that I always find funny is that people build these standards, especially the, the care partners, of they have to do this and they have to do that and everything has to be perfect. And yet, you know, you look back in your life, it wasn't perfect before. You know, so now we have we have this deficit that's come into our life, not something that, you know, anybody would wish on anyone. And now now it's got to be perfect. It's like, really, you have less control than you did before, you know, so learning to let go of that and going going with the flow. And I think, too, you'll learn so much from the person with dementia and you might take some detours that you never would have taken and you'll find rich, rich beauty in that. And again, not just between the two of you, but something that you can apply in all of life, which I think is really quite, quite beautiful. Anything else that you wanted to touch on, Igner? Well, what you say is, is really true. If you, if, you, if you really stop being the carer, but, but you must still be the partner. You must still be the grandchild of the child. You must stay that. You take, I always make the, the same thing if you if you get a baby people are happy uh, shouting out investing lots of money uh, decorating the, the child child's room everything and if the child at night is waking up they don't care if the child you have to feed you have to clean everything and they do it just from the heart and they do it like father like mother and if that little child is 85 later and that child needs help it's just the same i agree i agree but people view it very differently and yeah, they're so uh, because they get so worried that that could be them you know that could happen to them it's, you know and it could happen to all of us and what would we want we'd want somebody loving there to care for us in a, in a nice fashion and still respect us and let us be part of decisions and, and um, be part of the community we've always been part of. And, and yet we, I think people have this vision that we're going to be pushed away and no one's really going to care. Um, and I'm a firm believer that you, you, will, you will see what you focus on. So if you're going to look for the bad and the negative, that's what you're going to find. But if you focus on looking at the joy, you're going to be shocked at how much there is in your life. And how much you've overlooked because you've chosen to pick out the negatives to view. Absolutely. Absolutely. True. And that is um, what we can do here in Holland is uh, one of the four people get dementia. If it's the same in the USA? We're, no, we're not quite that high. Um, okay. They say one in six, one in seven. Um, okay. But yeah, 
So who knows? But, you know, we just all have to, everybody's got something that they're dealing with, you know, if it's dementia or something else. And we just don't talk about it because we, it's almost like people think that it's uh, something that they could control and that they're ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And it's like disease is disease. You know, it picks and chooses kind of like the virus. Um, who's going to get sick, you know, and you can follow all the protocols. That doesn't mean you're still safe. It means you're protected a little bit more and your chances are less, but it, it doesn't give you a get out of jail card free <laughs> that, <No. laughs> that everything's going to be okay. Now, if people want to reach out to you, they can go to your website, which is musicshelter.info musicshelter.info. You have a ton of information on your site. So it really is very, very resourceful. Or you could email Ignar at uh, his email, and that is I-G-N-A-R dot rip, R-I-P at gmail.com. That's Ignar dot rip at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your time today. This has just been a, a fascinating conversation. I really really appreciate all that you have given us to think about. Thank you, Lori. And maybe I can come back because I really love to hear if you make your 5025 playlist and maybe listeners have also made it and I really hear the feedback of it. Mm-hmm. If, if you really can watch, if you can observe, what does the music with you? Yeah, well, I, I do have, and I never really thought of it as a playlist, but I do have music on my iPad and I, I put it on and I've got some meditation and stuff on there too. Um, but there's one song on there that is just uh, kind of silly. And this would fall into that um, fi- uh, 25 to 50 song list. And it was a, a country Western song by, by Alabama that was, um, what, what's it called? Dancing, Dancing in the Streets or something like that. And I always thought I wanted to, when my daughter graduated, I wanted to play that song and I wanted to dance in the streets. <laughs> and so every time I think of that, and, and I, we never did, we had the huge party, but um, ended up not playing that song. But it brings back just this great joy and this, this memory of that's what it reminds me of, of, of her graduation. And the beauty is if you make your own 5025 playlist, mm-hmm. God forbid, but never hope that you get. But if the opportunity is there that you get Alzheimer's, your list is there. Yep. 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 So yeah, I've got my Rod Stewart and I have <laughs> I, I have just a huge, huge mix of of different different things. And uh, even some of my daughter's music, because you know, she was a teenager, that was played a lot and First, they didn't like it, but then I kind of get used to it. <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So, listeners, you know, start thinking about making a playlist. It's definitely. And, and, and let us know what does the music with you, what brings the memory back, what does it? That mm-hmm. is the gift you give to people with Alzheimer's. When I was a teenager, uh, I remember the band Bread. And again, these are very few names that I even remember because it just, I, I, I don't remember things like that. Um, but Bread had a whole album. And I remember a girlfriend and I, we would sit and we were playing pool in her in her basement. And then we would we would kind of lay on the pool table and daydream about the boys that we were in love with. And so, 
and talk about them. And it's it's just silly, some of the stuff that goes through your head, but just puts a smile on your face at the same time and gives you this, this calmness and this fullness and, and richness of life, of little things kind of long forgotten. Yeah. The little things are really the big things in life. Yep. And, and, well, listeners, look about this. Now I talk with Laurie about the music. We don't hear the music, but Laurie hears the music in her mind. So you see what it does to her. She, she, from one song, the other songs come up. Uh, she gets memory back. She is happy. She gets energy. And then she still doesn't have one sound to hear. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. You have a wonderful holiday season. Um, and again, I really appreciate you uh, spending this much time with us. I know how busy you are, Ignar. For you always. And I wish you all the best. Have great days and I hope to see you next year. Great. And listeners, again, don't forget to go to his website, musicshelter.info. And of course, you can always go to alzheimerspeaks.com for a wide variety of information on our on our website there. Thank you so much and happy holidays. Bye now. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.